0: okay hi everybody Um, I'm Ren with Source and today's date is May 13th welcome to your snack break for today before we get started I'll explain a couple things about um, the webinar tool you're all muted automatically but you have access to the live chat Um, you can pop in your favorite emoji to try it out I see you're all doing that Um, you can also use the live chat to ask questions or comment and we'll make sure we answer all the questions so bring it on um, we'll also send you a recording of the webinar after the presentation or you can head to our events page to check it out um, I want to say a special hello to my mom who is on the, the presentation today. I'm so excited. Hey mom Hi, mom. Hi. So, um, so today's guest is one of my favorite favorite people It's Lynn with sustainable Northwest wood and um, I'm really excited to have you. So hey there Lynn. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about Sustainable Northwest Wood? Because you have a really interesting history as a company and how you um, work and the nonprofit side of you. Um, So I was wondering if you could chat a little bit about that and
1: uh, tell us who this cute little pup is. Oh, that cute little puppy is my dog, Jessie. And uh, she's a 14 year old old lady now. We don't get to the beach as much as we used to, but she's a blast. Um, and I am the sales and marketing manager at Sustainable Northwest Wood. And I really love this company. I love my job. We are a wholly owned subsidiary of a nonprofit, Sustainable Northwest, who does a lot of really cool environmental work around the region and in the country and help to uh, you know make uh, environmental stewardship possible for a lot of people. And it's a great organization. You should check them out for sure. Um, And what they were seeing is a lot of mills around the area that were cutting lumber and didn't really have anywhere for it to go. So a big part of the reason we exist is to help support some of these small family owned mills around the area. Uh, Eastern Oregon was a big starting point for that in the problem that they're having with juniper in that area. And so we we work with a lot of little mills and family owned businesses and help them have a place to connect with designers and architects here in the metro areas. And so we are are like a bridge um, between uh, the the mills that are making the lumber out of awesome trees that are uh, sustainably harvested and uh, coming from managed forests that are. Uh, part of the FSC program and we also work with a lot of salvage lumber that's coming out of activity uh, from forests around the region that would otherwise end up in a chip yard. So there's a lot of salvaged uh, logs that are finding a better use and turning into some really beautiful products. And so we work with both the mills and then regional fabricators to help create cool products like butcher block countertop that we'll talk about today and also flooring and interior paneling, exterior siding, uh, decking, all kinds of products out of really beautiful local Pacific Northwest wood. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty neat mission that we have and uh, a great product. Yeah.
0: So it's local it's supporting small businesses it's supporting fabricators it's beautiful and it's sustainable it's like all my favorite things i love it
1: all the things it. yeah and then yes. you can feel good about your purchases you know as an end oh. user and as a specifier and all of that too so yeah it is
0: awesome.
1: it cool well, let's get into it about
0: butcher blocks um <laughs> tell me about butcher blocks
1: yeah so butcher blocks solid wood surfaces are an awesome very flexible material in uh its versatility Uh, We make butcher block countertop material, and it could be used as tables and work surfaces, actual chopping surfaces in restaurants. Um, You can, you know, make desks and all kinds of things out of them. And basically we have three styles that we offer on the bottom right hand corner. There on your screen is the typical side grain butcher block. It's available in nine different wood species, and we stock these at our warehouse here in Portland, Oregon uh, in sizes of four feet, six feet, eight and ten. And then we can custom order uh, and have made to order uh, end grain, which are both of those examples there. We take little squares of wood and glue those up together and uh, And then we also can do a wider plank style, too, which is really becoming popular for island kitchen tops, and we can make shelving and all kinds of things uh, using that method of a glue up.
0: Cool. So as a designer, why would you pick like the end grain versus the side? Like what are the benefits or like how are they different?
1: Yeah. So the, the biggest difference is uh, the durability. So if you're looking at a chopping surface end uh, grain is the typical butcher block style. Uh, it also gives a really unique look uh, with uh, using the little squares as opposed to the thin strips of lumber that would be glued together to make them. So a real different look, different application, but the hardness and durability and, and uniqueness of the grain is a, a very cool look.
0: Okay. And could you use it as a flooring? I know that like it reminds of like old school gyms. Do you yeah, know right. Is that kind of what that idea was that they're really impact resistant?
1: Yeah, really okay. impact because the end of the log or the end of the piece of wood is is really where the hardness uh, comes from. It's very dense and very hard. Um, and yeah, so gym floors are a good example of that ingrain grain style. We I've actually been experimenting with some end juniper flooring options, kind of like that top that you see there. It's going to make some just an awesome, very striking entry or um, use like that.
0: Yeah, and so how are they are. Are they glued together? Like, how are they made?
1: Yeah, it's uh, they're glued together. Different depending on where wh- what style it is, but there's a, a little strip of glue that goes along each piece, and um, they're clamped together with a really nice adhesive that's uh, FDA approved and water resistant, and it's also uh, has been is part of the Declare label, so uh, for the transparency of the ingredients and the glues that we use.
0: Yeah, you guys are. You do count as red list free, even though you withheld a little bit of proprietary information. Mm-hmm. I know you are red list free, so I know we have some listeners who are red list red list free firms. So I always love talking about how you have that Declare label. So that is awesome. All right, let's see here. Um, so yeah, can you talk a little bit about all the different ways you can use Butcher Block and maybe some if you're a designer, like what should you keep in mind when you're specifying Butcher Block in different applications? If there are things that um, like, for instance, if it's a countertop, think about this. And if it's a tabletop, think about this.
1: Well, uh, we can make uh side grain butcher block into a lot of different things, like as you see. And uh, shelving is a great way to use it. Uh, ta- countertop material, uh, workstations, desks, tables for restaurants and your home, benches, all kinds of cool things. Um, and any of the styles are actually uh, Great for any of those applications. So, the wider plank style will kind of show off the wood grain and the features and the characteristics of the wood. Um, and any of them are appropriate for those applications. The biggest thing to consider when you're thinking about an end grain butcher block is it's going to be manufactured about two and a half inches thick. So it's going to be super heavy. And so you should, you know, reserve those for like countertops or a chopping surface or something like that. It wouldn't necessarily be so appropriate for a shelving application where it'd be super heavy to try to use something like that.
0: God. And what is it finished with? Do, you, does, do designers need to specify what it's finished with or does it come out of the box?
1: That's a really great question. There's so many options available for the finishing aspect of wood products. And you can reach out to any number of paint stores to get a lot of different options there. But we um, carry only one finished product. We mostly um, just sell lumber and wood products. Um, But Rubio Monocoat is a natural oil finish that is a zero VOC product. That is just a dynamite um, product to use on any of these wood surfaces with some limitations depending on the application. So like commercial bars would not be a good application for that and you might consider a different product. So, uh, but uh, the way we provide these, they're unfinished. They have square edges, unless you ask for them to be eased, you can specify that. Uh, there's a lot of custom capabilities in the overall size and the thickness and d- dimensions that you can specify for, th- for your project. And then um, they are just sanded to 120 grit. So they'll be ready for a final sanding and then a finishing um, and, and your installation. And we don't provide any of those services so it'll be a raw blank that'll be ready for your installer to finish out
0: okay now i know you used to work in the paint industry so if if our designers have questions about finishes or stains is that something they can reach out to you about
1: they can reach out to me and I'm a really good resource for those kind of questions and but probably are gonna direct them to their local paint store. Miller Paint is a great resource for that kind of thing and there's lots of paint stores across the country depending on where you're located. But yeah, here regionally Miller is uh, Miller has some great products.
0: Okay, great. I just know that sometimes when you're a designer you're like, I don't know what to help
1: (laughs) you don't even know what to ask, you know? And so, yeah, my background in that portion can, can be handy. And I actually have a degree in interior design. So I, I speak the language from a couple different points of view.
0: Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Now we've gotten to our help me help you section. Um, How do you properly take care of a butcher block countertop asking as someone who maybe has a and doesn't know what to do with it?
1: (laughs) Well, we have a really awesome little guide that talks about the care and maintenance. And I would be happy to pass that around. If anybody uh, wants me to share that, you can shoot me a note. And I will pop you an email with that specific information. But a lot depends on how you're using the butcher block and then also what you finished it with. be a little bit different care and maintenance uh instructions depending on the actual product that you put on there okay but so mostly, yeah, yeah Go mostly, ahead. mostly just um keep water off the surface by you know providing a good sealer and then wipe up spills um so that you don't end up with water rings and things like that and just a general routine maintenance and care um over okay. time
0: so if it was in a restaurant setting, um, like a tabletop, like as designers, we should let that client know that, hey, you're going to have to do some maintenance on here unless they like that patina look. Um, but it yeah. is a real product. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be maintaining the finish. And the cool thing about using solid wood surfaces and applications like that, it's a renewable surface so it can be sanded, refinished if it, if need be um, and and is easy to maintain over time.
0: Awesome. And if you specify it as a countertop, does it need a substrate or is it okay to just slam right on top?
1: You can actually just slam it right on top.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. And who is this in the picture with the, with the oil?
1: No, he's the coolest guy around. That's our president, Ryan Temple. And he is a guy who is not afraid to roll his sleeves up. And he's super helpful around here when we end up with all kinds of different projects. But yeah, he uh, applied the. It's actually Terry Campbell's desk. And uh, and Ryan put the, the finish on there. And that's a maintenance oil that he's working with. That is a, a maintenance product that Rubio makes to help maintain the finish that that you use.
0: Cool. And so, are designers able to do some like custom options with this? Is this a really customizable project? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. You can specify the thickness, the width, the length. You can specify the width of the planks. We actually work with designers. If you want to come into our shop and hand select the boards that would go into making a top, we'll let you do that too. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of customization available and we can also do custom edging and things like that. um, uh, If you want to not have your installer do that kind of thing on site. Great and i want to mention too that we're not actually the fabricators so when i say we can do that it's our fabricators that can it's do it <laughs> it's the royalty. yeah
0: um can you talk a little bit about fsc and what it means to have fsc certified wood and um why that's important and how designers should think about that or keep in mind um, designers if you have any questions about fsc certified wood or how to get in on projects um put it in the chat and we'll try to address it. I know it's sometimes a a lot of people like lead asks for it and sometimes we know that it's great and I would like to know more.
1: Yeah, Um, FSC is an amazing third party certification program and it is a chain of custody uh, that tracks the wood from the forest where it's grown all the way to the the end user so um, it they're very focused on the sustainability of managing forests uh, with longer crop rotations with less pesticides very strict on what you can spray and 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 the clear cutting uh, is one aspect of FSC that is not allowed, and and so it's just it's a more gentle way of managing forests, and it's actually helping to store carbon. And a lot of evidence coming with the difference between traditional clear cut logging methods versus FSC forests. And you can feel the difference when you walk into one. There's a diversity of species. There's a real ability for wildlife to survive in an FSC managed forest versus one that's being clear cut and sprayed and you know all, all those different things in, in other traditional methods. So um, it, it, it's a little bit of peace of mind for sure for designers who are looking for um, a stamp of approval you know, that their wood is coming from a good source. And yeah, we are a huge supplier of FSC lumber. Uh, They have more FSC lumber than any other yard in the region in the the Pacific Northwest and and really have supplied some awesome projects for Living Building Challenge and uh, a lot of green building in the area Uh, is usually requiring or calling out FSC as their method to determine that it's coming from a good source.
0: Awesome. Can you talk a little bit about the different um, species that y'all have?
1: Yeah, we have nine different wood species. Um, big leaf maple is FSC certified. Uh, uh, Douglas fir, which is our state tree, uh, is all coming from FSC lands. And then we can get our hands on FSC Oregon white oak as well. A lot of white oak is coming from salvage logs that are, um, you know, some, some conversion happening in, uh, the Willamette Valley at an alarming rate actually. Um, and then we have, uh, other salvage woods like Myrtle wood that grows on the coast and Madrone, which is a kind of like a fallout tree that, um, in the Doug fir harvesting, uh, Madrone trees get kind of cast to the side and are destined for the chipyard or mm-hmm. to be left to be left in the forest. And it's an amazing wood, really beautiful. Um tan oak is another one of those. Then we have juniper, which is coming from restoration projects over in eastern Oregon, where they're restoring the grasslands and watersheds in that area of this little native invasive tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, walnut is another really beautiful wood, very popular with designers. It's rich, deep chocolatey brown kind of coloring. And it is another salvage log that when the trees in the orchards are dying or become diseased, we end up with some of those logs to turn into some gorgeous products. And then blue pine is another one that we're getting from Eastern Oregon that uh, is being killed by the millions of trees by this little mountain pine beetle. And so it leaves behind this really cool blue staining in the process. And so those are some examples of the goodness that we have. And one of the things I would offer up to you designers at uh source does an amazing job. They have all of our samples. You can request samples through source. Uh, you can reach out to me directly and I can hook you up with a whole little box of samples that would include um, all of our butcher block as well as flooring or interior wall paneling or a variety of those wood species, whatever you're looking for, I can help you get um, some samples in your hands.
0: We we've got a couple of questions. Um, I feel like a radio show host. Let's go to the phones. I okay. know I love it. Okay, um, a great job. I know. So can um, Brittany asks, Can you brand or imprint a logo on the butcher block?
1: You know we work with um, a couple fabricators that can absolutely offer that service. Yep, sweet. Um, and then the
0: next question, Amanda asks: If we have questions regarding certain species and their characteristics, um, would you Lynn, be a resource for that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Just give me a call. I'm a total wood geek. Uh, I'm I'm much more experienced and have a lot more knowledge in the wood species that we carry. But uh, yeah, you can you can call me. And if I can't answer the questions, we've got a couple people here that uh, can help. you out.
0: Yeah, I will say whenever I have a question about anything regarding wood, I always call Sustainable Northwest Wood. I call you or Terry because I know Mm -hmm. you're give me the, the, the great information, even if it's a, a really silly question, like what is the hardness of this? Or like, can this be stained? I really, really appreciate your knowledge. Um, and I, I really encourage designers. If you do have any questions about wood, definitely reach out to, to Terry or, or Lynn here.
1: Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. I love, uh, love talking about wood.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, Emma wants to know if you're still f- selling the garden boxes. Can you tell us about the garden boxes?
1: Ah, the best kept secret in Portland. I love that. Yes, we do have some garden boxes, a couple different ways. We have a couple cute little sawmills over in Eastern Oregon that make these awesome little planter boxes. Uh, yeah. So uh, it, it, it doesn't have to be a secret. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so you can um, as a as a human, you can purchase one like right now yes <laughs> and what is it's, it made out of what are they made out of
1: made out of juniper
0: okay great and juniper yeah. is that like really interesting species that's really hard and pretty great in the outdoors is that correct
1: yeah it's super rot resistant it's actually a lot more rot resistant than our local cedar that we can get as well um and 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 is part of those restoration projects going on in eastern oregon so so.
0: Really, I love the story of juniper and it's such a beautiful wood. Can you tell that stat about how much water is being saved when they harvest the juniper? Like there's some crazy amount of like gallons of water being saved.
1: Well, every tree will soak up anywhere from 30 to 50 gallons of water a day, you know. Oh and so God. Eastern Oregon, if you guys know anything about it, it's not, you know, like <laughs> Portland. It's a little dry over there. So and juniper has outgrown its natural territory because of fire suppression. So there's like, used to be about a million acres of juniper in Eastern Oregon. And now there's more like 10 million acres of juniper. And it's just like taken over the landscape and is drying up the creeks and uh, really causing some problems with the watersheds in that area. So, and the cool thing about it was when they start cutting this stuff, almost immediately, like within about 30 days a month or so, the water starts trickling back in the creeks, the grasses start growing and the wildlife have something to eat in the winter. And so, yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing instant gratification in taking it out. And then instead of just Uh, leaving it laying in the field or turning it into firewood, we're able to make some really amazing products out of it. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's pretty great story. And we're going to have a neat, uh, storytelling uh, adventure about juniper with a couple of the sawmill owners and awesome. probably somebody from the nature conservancy. They used a lot of products from their own lands, so that's coming up June the second. And I would love to have you guys join us. So if you want more info about that, um, it'll be a little online uh, sustainable wood stories event that we're going to do in June, and uh, so that'll be fun. You can learn more.
0: Well, thank you all. This has been so much fun. Again, we can just talk about wood all day long. You can head to the source, um, head to our website to order samples from Lynn. We can do that right now. All these butcher blocks are on. And if you want to attend another snack break, you can smash this here register now button and we'll see you again soon so again thank you so much lynn i love chatting with you guys and tell terry hey and give Otho a little scratch for us love Otho, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right yeah. we'll see you all tomorrow everyone thanks so much everybody have a great day bye